COVID-19 cases continue to rise, Intel earnings flop, and stimulus is still up in the air. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. Today ended, well, choppy. And that's all this to it. Today ended choppy. Once again, the Dow Jones finishing down 28 points, NASDAQ up 42 points, and the S&P 500, of course, up 11 points. Now, why is it choppy? Well, it, it all goes back to the same old, same old. Stimulus, COVID-19, and the economic recovery. And what we saw is positivity on stimulus, but at the same time, an increase in COVID numbers, which is not good. And, well, then you have everything else outside of the market, considering, um, for, say, the election another thing we touched on in several other of the past episodes and it just keeps growing more and more and more and more choppy and i firmly believe that we're going to see this chop all the way up until the election unless we get a stimulus deal which is likely we've been seeing a lot of positivity from nancy pelosi and president trump on this stimulus deal both saying they are reaching and getting closer to a deal which is very positive and given that i'd like to touch on first off um COVID-19 cases. COVID-19 cases continue to rise. Just yesterday, Thursday, um, the United States reported 71,600 new cases. Definitely not a good sign. Huge increase in cases. And not only that, but um, cases grew 5% or more in 38 states in the past week, according to, and this was reported Thursday, according to the CNBC. Now, that's not great, but it's not the end of the world. Um, if we continue to back off these lockdowns, if we continue to keep opening up like we are, I firmly believe, COVID here or not, this, that this economy can continue to come back. But on the other hand, as we all know, some states agree with lockdowns. Um, you know, you take a look at California, and they're still pretty much closed down. And you look at a few other states, such as New York, and, you know, they're probably still pretty much closed up from the sounds of it. Um, And really what it comes down to is states need to reopen, um, in my opinion, and that they just need to reopen and people need to live safely, you know, wear your mask, go out, be careful, but at the same time, live your life. We have to get past this. um, And, you know, at the end of the day, we cannot allow this virus to destroy the U.S. economy while other countries such as China are thriving right now. Their economies are roaring back faster than ours. um, And I don't think anyone likes that fact so COVID-19 cases not a good sign and as I noted stimulus is getting more positive throughout the whole week all we heard since Monday you know was positivity 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 ever since that 48 hour deadline was set and if we can get a deal over the weekend if positive news comes in this market can run but we need a deal Um, And then after we get the deal, both between the White House and the Democrats, it comes down to the Senate, which once again is uncertain. So I don't believe the market gets super excited until a deal is fully signed, passed by the Senate, and then to the White House, of course, the House, Senate, White House. We all know how that works. But until a deal is fully passed, I don't think this market rallies huge, but there will be, I think, a runoff on any news that a deal has been reached between the White House and of course the democrats in the house so so i want to dig moving right away from that it, i like, want to dig into what I, is dominating the headlines today covid and stimulus dominating the headlines but most importantly 
Intel earnings. Intel earnings seem to have flopped again, at least stock price-wise. The stock taking an absolute beating. And, you know, it's tough to say whether this is just out of pure, you know, hate at a certain point for Intel. And I, I really don't think it is. You know, the market, I don't think, simply doesn't, you know, it's not a fact of liking or not liking Intel. It's the fact that they're not seeing huge growth like their competitors. They're not seeing growth like their competitor, AMD. And AMD is literally, in the words of <clears throat> many, is just, you know, taking their competition. It's just completely annihilating Intel on every single front. And digging into these earnings, um, Intel reported a $1.11 EPS versus the $1.11 expected EPS. So in line, their EPS was in line, their revenues beat, um, they reported revenues for the quarter of $18.33 billion versus $18.25 billion. But what really got it, and I think what drove the stock down originally, was that revenue number. 4% annualized decrease um, in revenue. And not only that, but most importantly, their data center, which seems to be the main focus of a lot of these companies um, within the same exact sector, um, decreased. Revenues decreased 7% to $5.91 billion. Not good. Um, their enterprises and government revenues decreased 47%. And not only that, but due to all of that, Bank of America downgraded the stock today. And it, it just continues to get more and more negative on Intel. Um, it goes to show how much market space is being eaten up by AMD. And I think, you know, it's going to be tough for Intel to come back, in my personal opinion. And I think that is why Bank of America downgraded the stock after earnings came in without huge surprise upside. In fact, it had more downside than upside. Now, um, another important key is in July, they delayed their seven nanometer processors until 2022, while AMD is just fully moving into the space. So, you know, Intel is behind. They were the leader and now they're way behind. And I think it's going to be very tough for them to work themselves back. And I would not be buying the dip on Intel here. I think it could go lower. Um, taking a look at the charts, you know, it, it could very well gap down even farther. Um, there was a low all the way back. Taking a look, it looks like in March, all the way down around 45. So I think it very well tests that low of 45, um, if not a lot further simply not good stuff for intel and if you look at the overall chart you know it's not looking nice they could go back to 2015 levels around 35 um if it really got bad but they're running into a key support right around 45 bucks now moving away from that we have a huge lineup of earnings next week but you know i don't really want to get too carried away on those names quite yet so i'm going to touch on a few names that i am liking right now going into the next few weeks a few names that i think are winners um and the first one is paypal i think paypal is an excellent long-term hold taking a look at paypal um it has a market cap of 237.6 billion dollars it's not really overpriced um taking a look at their q2 earnings they were great they delivered an eps of 1.07 dollars versus the consensus expectation of 0.88 cents. Um, not only that, but they had stellar revenue growth. Once again, they reported $5.3 billion in revenue. That's up 22.21% year over year. And you know, this company just continues to grow. In the FinTech space, the um, payment space, digital payment space is just exploding right now. I mean, take a look at Square. Take a look at 
PayPal, of course, seeing this excellent growth. Look at Shopify, all e-commerce. Now they're not as much digital payment, but it's all online e-commerce. And you know, PayPal has done an excellent job of not only getting in on the small businesses, but they've also done an excellent job of simply getting their apps on your phone and having you pay through them. And just recently, they introduced cryptocurrency, which I think is excellent, um, just like Square and several others in the space. And, you know, I, I very much see PayPal long term just exploding, mid term, probably doing quite well. Now, PayPal actually operates under multiple um, solutions, including PayPal, PayPal Credit, um, Braintree, Venmo, and Padient. Um, all great. Venmo is the most popular, I think, that I've known other than PayPal. Um, and, you know, just excellent, excellent stuff. Now, when I dig into their balance sheet, you know, I'm not really um, dismayed by their balance sheet. In fact, their balance sheet isn't bad. So they currently have a total debt of $8.934 billion. Um, total liabilities of $45.526 billion. But their assets is far exceeding their um, total liabilities. So their total assets currently is $63.166 billion. And not only that, but their cash and short-term investments is sitting at $13.048 billion. So not bad, quite good. Their balance sheet's pretty well balanced. And fundamentally, they're just in a solid position. Now, taking a look at the stock pricing itself, it is currently sitting at a price-to-earnings ratio of 91.82, and that is high. That is high, and these numbers haven't been, you know, they're just from three days ago, So, and it's currently running at roughly the same numbers. So, you know, it has a price-to-earnings around 90. It has a price-to-sales around 12. It has a price-to-book around 13, and it has a price-to-cash flow around 32. All of these numbers point towards a very pricey or somewhat expensive stock, but I think you can price in the long-term thesis on this. I think that you can still buy PayPal here and for a few reasons. First off, I think the digital payment space is going to see phenomenal growth throughout the next few years, and I think it only got a boost through COVID-19. Not only that, but they continue to produce solid growth. Um, last quarter, I believe, I believe, um, they did. Yes, they did. PayPal reported a Q1 loss, which was the first in quite a while after nine consecutive beats. And then they returned right to winning in Q2, which I like. Um, I like the fact that management seems to be focused on not only creating a great ecosystem for customers, but turning out great earnings and being honest for the holders. Now, taking a look at Q3. And I'd like to touch on Q3 earnings right before I run into the next um, few names I'd like to touch on. Taking a look at Q3 expectations from PayPal, PayPal expects Q3 revenues to grow 23% with full year revenue growth of 20%. That is phenomenal. 23%. If I had a company and it was growing to 20 to 23% revenues every single quarter and 20% on the year, oh my goodness, I would be insanely proud of myself. I mean, this is just a stellar company that continues to pump out stellar growth. And I think you can take PayPal, its brand that's well known, and run with it in the long term as a solid investment. Now, the analysts on it and the big money are also very bullish on it. PayPal is 84.28% owned by the institutions. And not only that, but the mean price target currently sits at 222 bucks a share. Um, and that is far exceeding its current price today. So I think you can buy PayPal here. I think long-term it's a great hold, and I don't think it's going to get caught up in the volatility of the elections. 
um, simply because it is in a space that I don't think it's affected either way on the long-term economic outlook. Um, you know, it's just, it's in a growing space of digital purchases. And I think that digital payment space is only going to continue to grow. Now, moving in to another name that I'm really liking, and that would be Peloton. And, you know, Peloton is one of those names that, you know, I don't want you to go out and I don't want you to buy it all the way up where it is right now. I don't. Just because I like it doesn't mean I want you to go buy it all the way up. I mean, it's up a dollar seventy three today. Um, and whether it is justified, it's tough to say. But I don't want you to go out and I don't want you to buy Peloton right now. But if this stock pulls back, and I think this stock can pull back. It peaked at 136 not too long ago. Um, and I think it could come back. Earlier this month, it peaked at 136 And I think it can pull possibly possibly back to 115 maybe even 100 bucks a share. And if it does, I want you to buy it there. And let me tell you why. Because this name, they have just positioned themselves, Peloton, great, and they're seeing insane growth. And you can really break it down into a few factors. So first off, I just want to know that Peloton, has reached 1.1 million connected fitness subscribers. So they have 1.1 million subscribers on their digital workout service that's offered with all their bikes. And that's great. That is stellar. Insane great. 1.1 million connected fitness subscribers. Now, furthermore, if you really want to break down the numbers and see how much room they have to grow, based on the fact that there's 183 million gym memberships on a global basis, it's concludable that given COVID-19 and the driving away of popularity and the driving of people away from gyms, I think you could see, and Peloton has a ton of room to grow. That's 183 million gym memberships that could, could potentially turn into Peloton memberships, and that's excellent. And let me tell you why. Because I think people are starting to find the gym a little nasty. And you know, some gyms are kept very, very clean. And, you know, some people love gyms. Some people love to go with their friends or their close peers and work out every single morning. They like to get out of the house. But in this new stay-at-home economy, in the age of COVID-19, I think Peloton has hit the nail on the head. And I think their business is only going to be accelerated. Only accelerated throughout COVID-19. And we can see that. In the most recent earnings report, they delivered stellar growth and stellar earnings. Take a look at the most recent report, Q4 of 2020. Stellar numbers. They beat and they delivered a 27 cent EPS far above the 10 cent consensus EPS that was expected. And not only that, but revenues came in at $607.1 million for the fourth quarter, which is 172% revenue growth year over year. Are you kidding me? 172%. And it is not over. If you look at their Q1 2021 guidance, oh my word. In 2021, Q1, this is just the first quarter, they expect revenues of $720 to $730 million. And that represents 218% revenue growth. And it gets better. It gets better when you dig into the balance sheet. Total debt, zero. They have no debt in the balance sheet. Their total liabilities are $1.3 billion. Their total assets are nearly $3 billion. And they have plenty of cash at $1.755 billion. So they have solid cash, cash, they have solid assets, and their liabilities aren't extremely high. And their total debt is nada. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's all I have to say. 
that is all I have to say about Peloton. Is this company is phenomenal, but I think it's got a little ahead of itself. A little ahead of itself with a price to sales ratio around 20, with a price to book value around 21, with a price to cash flow ratio around 88 to 89 times. I think you need to let this stock cool down after a huge run. I mean, taking a look at the one year, this stock has literally from, you know, the beginning of the year gone from 27 bucks a share all the way up to a high of 136 bucks a share. So I think you have to wait. I think you have to let it cool off a little. Um, and, you know, the analysts are saying the same thing. The average price target is at 120 bucks a share. Um, the high price target is at $160 per share. And the low price target is at 33 bucks a share. So I'm not a huge fan of that. And the institutional holdings is a little lower than what I want it to be. Um, you know, 69% of the company um, of Peloton is owned by institutions right now. So, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that. Not a huge fan of the fact that the institutional ownership is a little low for me. But that's okay. And, you know, 69% is still a lot of institutional ownership. And, you know, I could see if Peloton delivers on their Q1 2021 earnings numbers that they gave us, I think you could see this name run a lot. But we'll just have to wait. This name could run up um, on earnings. And those earnings are coming up, I believe, at the beginning of next month. But, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful given how far it has run this year. It could be a bit frothy at the top. And it ran up so fast the last several weeks to 136. I think it could have a lot of downside room, especially during this uncertainty of the election in COVID-19. Now, moving into another and the last name, and we've touched on this name, I believe, for the past three episodes, Apple. Apple continues to fall. I believe now it's at 115 bucks a share. And if it's hovering around 115, I think it's a surefire buy. In fact, I added to my position. It is 115 bucks a share, even it's down another 71 cents today. I think you buy Apple here. And I have a few reasons why. First off, iPhone sales. They released the new iPhone 12, 5G, everything everyone wanted. And people loved it. People loved it. And the sales go to show it. A few weeks ago, an analyst came out. Two million orders for the iPhone 12 in the <clears throat> in the first 24 hours of pre-order availability. Two million. You want to know what it was last year? For the model last year, it was 800,000 pre-order sales in the same exact time period of pre-orders. Insane. 800,000 compared to 2 million. It shows the demand. I think you can buy Apple here. And I think, you know, every time analysts just come out with these stupid calls on these big tech names that continually win, they downgrade Apple or they come out as neutral on Apple and say, oh, it can't go much farther. I completely disagree. And here's why. Every time the analysts get bearish on Apple, the stock beats, they beat on earnings, and it goes up almost every time. And I think you buy Apple here at 115. It's fundamentally strong. Its balance sheet is impeccable. And not only that, but their price to earnings isn't high. The stock isn't super expensive compared to earnings. Price to earnings, 35.72. That's far behind some of the competitors that are looking at 88 times, 100 times earnings. No. Apple, 35 times. Not only that, but the price to sales is only 7.3 times. Their price to book is roughly 27 times, and the price to cash flow is only 35 times. Based on a lot of the stocks we've looked at, that stock is not expensive. Apple is not an expensive name to own right now. It has pulled back plenty off its highs. If you look at it, it topped out at $134.18 per share, and I think it can continue to go up. And, you know, you just got to buy Apple. You got to buy Apple. It's one of those own don't trade stocks, as Jim Cramer would say. Um, 
it, it's just a great name. And if you use an Apple product, and I guarantee you do because almost everyone uses an Apple product, it's just a great name. And when you break down, and the reason I touched on iPhone sales is because if you break down the stock price itself, according to Trefis, um, in a company that does analysis on stocks all over um, the market, if according to Trefis, 42.8% of the stock price is based on the iPhone segment, 42%. And if they're turning out orders, 2 million orders in the first 24 hours of availability, I like it. I like Apple. I like Apple going into the holidays. I like Apple coming out of the election. And I like Apple on a stimulus deal. I like Apple long term. I you know, I don't I'm I don't love the company. This isn't a factor of loving it. It's just simply that the fundamentals are there to support a buy on Apple. It's a top pick for me. I think you can buy Apple here, and it's just a great name. Now, getting away from those three picks, getting away from Apple, I'm, I'm, I'm done gushing about Apple. Um, digging in the earnings next week, we have a lot of huge names coming up. few of those, Microsoft, Caterpillar, 3M, GE, Honeywell, Merck, Pfizer, Eli Lilly, Amgen, Boeing, Google, Apple, Facebook. The list goes on and on and on. Twitter, Comcast, Amazon, eBay, Etsy, Starbucks, Harley-Davidson, Forbes, Hasbro, UPS, Under Armour, Gilead, Ke- Kellogg. The list keeps going, people. Huge names reporting next week, including AMD. And are they going to buy Zillinks? Who knows? They could. Maybe they give a hint in the earnings call. Never know. Could happen. Chevron, BP, Conoco. I mean, it's just a ton of names reporting next week. Uh, probably the one of the heaviest weeks of earnings season. And... There's a lot of huge names in there that can move the market. Specifically, Microsoft, Boeing, Google, Apple, all could move the market. Facebook could move the market. AMD, that could move the whole entire semiconductor market. You never know what's going to happen. And once I'm specifically eyeing our Twitter, Twitter stock has been on fire lately. It got out of its little dip there, its hole, and now it's just been it's just been trading well. Um, very happy with Twitter. It was up today on a down day. Um, yeah, you take a look off the March low, it lowed right around t- low 20s, 22. Um, and now it's at 50 bucks a share. But prior to that, they were having some troubles. We all know. Um, back in 16, 17, 18, and 19, they were having a lot of troubles. Um, now they're just back on fire. They're coming back. So I'll be watching Twitter earnings. I'll be watching Microsoft earnings, which, you know, Microsoft is a tremendous company. They're probably, you know, one of the best, if not the best company. Uh, tech-wise, you can buy, if not in the market. Um, Microsoft's probably going to beat on earnings, I have no doubt. Um, Facebook, another social media play, which I believe could run into earnings. They typically do. Facebook's probably a great play. Apple's a great play. Google. My goodness, Google. We talked about Google uh, on Wednesday. In this name, my oh my, this name continues to move higher, up 26 points today. 26 points. In the past month, it has just gone on a tangent. Um, of upside momentum, even though the DOJ is coming after him, calling him a monopoly, which is quite honestly surprising. Um, so it is just crazy. And, you know, some industrial names, you know, we got GE and Honeywell in here. Those could be good. Boeing has been coming back lately. They've been coming back. And of note on Boeing, I think you buy it. I think you buy it where it's at. 
Um, I think long-term, Boeing is going to be excellent. We are going to come out of this pandemic at some point. Um, and long-term, I think uh, Boeing at 160 or at, um, at least under 170 is a steal in the long-term. A steal. And what goes with Boeing? Well, if China starts buying planes again, if we come out of this pandemic, one of the two, if not both, if Biden becomes president, all three, it's going to be great for Boeing. And GE and Honeywell are going to directly benefit from that because GE and Honeywell get a lot of business from Boeing. So, a lot of big names reporting next week. We are going to be all over these earnings um, on the podcast. And until then, check out all the breakdowns we've done. We've re- we have released breakdowns at Running With The Money on Paytel, PayPal, Peloton, Apple, so many more. Not only that, but the podcast drops there. We have some opinion pieces. Um, we have our top picks. And the list goes on and on and on. And Fastly breakdown. Go check out the Fastly breakdown. We have a strong opinion on Fastly. Maybe that's a buy. Maybe it isn't. You'll just have to go check it out on the website, runningwiththemoney.com. Because, wow, did that stock, wow, wow, wow. Look at Fastly. Not good. Not good. Not good. Um, Just continuing the fall. Um, Now it's down to 76. 76. That stock was at 128. Uh, what, a week ago? Man, that could be a buy. That could be a buy. That's a big pullback. Falling back, it looks like, to a six-month support right in that level. Um, It looks like it's about to break through it. Wow, wow, wow. Um, a lot of names unjustly down and a lot of names unjustly up. And you got to be careful when you're picking them. And we're going to touch on that Monday. But until then, go check out all the breakdowns we have released lately on runningwiththemoney.com. See our top picks on runningwiththemoney.com. Ask me a question on Twitter at Luke Donay. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Running With The Money. See you next week. My name is Luke Donay. And eat, sleep, profit, and trade on.